0: You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 94. Today, I get to introduce you to a very sweet friend of mine, Jackie Saldana of Baby Boy Bakery. I came across Jackie in one of the hardest and darkest times of her life when she lost her sweet son, Ryan. Today, we're talking all about navigating grief and fostering a community and what it looks like to run a giant platform online and how there are so many amazing Amazing benefits and blessings to it, but there are also some really hard things to navigate through. Jackie exemplifies what fostering a community truly looks like online. And I can tell you from hanging out with her in person, this woman is nothing short of remarkable. Her story today is sure to inspire you. And I promise that after you hear it, you are going to be walking around in wonder of how incredible and precious life truly is. You're listening to The Goal Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses, so you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey gold diggers, it is Jenna Kutcher and today is a really special day. I have wanted to get Jackie onto my show since the very beginning, which is hilarious because now we're actual real life friends. And when I told her that I reached out to her at the very beginning, she's like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea who you were. Now we are BFFs, which is why I love you, Jackie. Jackie runs the Baby Boy Bakery, which is an incredible blog. It's a resource, and it has touched many, many people's lives, probably far more than Jackie would ever acknowledge or recognize. But we got to kick it in Santa Barbara a couple months ago now. And I. I just fell in love with this woman and got to know her beyond just a story that the world has seen. And so she is a perfect guest. So welcome to the show, Jackie.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Yeah. Can we just tell everyone what happened before we started recording? I
1: just, because you're so on top of it. I think it was just intimidating because you... Oh, gosh. Like it's like, do you want to be on my podcast? And then I was like, yeah. And then it immediately shoots you over to like the calendar, and they're and you're like <laughs> at a date onto my calendar.
0: And I was like, whoa, this is
1: really intense. So I, I just, like
0: to move really fast with my relationships.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know, but it was great. I mean, it was great. And then when I met you in person, I mean, I I started my blog about almost seven years ago with every intention of making friends because I was the only girl in my group to have a child at the time. So I was kind of like, I mean, I had my mom as a resource I was like kind of all alone and so I I was reading blogs it was like you know back when blogs were a thing and like (laughs) and people were actually reading things and I was like I could do this and like maybe I can meet some mom friends online and I mean cut to seven years now I've made some of my greatest friendships online and you're one of them so I'm very grateful.
0: Isn't it awesome? It is funny because I think that a lot of us that have these like online personalities, we are truly like hermits to the core and like socially awkward people. And so when we put all of us into a room, it is just, I think it's hilarious.
1: Like all of our skins are crawling. At least I love going to events and, and meeting new people. But I mean, like. It takes a lot.
0: I know. Well, I think a lot of us have just gotten used to recharging while we're alone. Mm -hmm. So like at the event, it's like, okay, it's about that time to go to bed. And it's like nine o'clock at night. No, but it was really fun to meet you and your husband in person. Can um, we just talk about the bromance and then we'll get into your actual story? But so Drew and Dan like fell in love with each other, which was awesome because then Jackie and I got to actually hang out. And so we pretty much didn't see them for most of the event because they were like doing bro things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was something that I wanted to foster. And I was just like, yes, you go love on Drew and you guys can be. A little little partnership. I, think it's, I mean, they both work out. They have that whole, you know, weird sphere like, in common mentality. Yeah,
0: they're like <laughs> getting up to hit the gym, and me and Jackie are like, "Where are the pastries?"
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh okay so tell everyone a little bit about your story about how you got started obviously there's a lot more to your story than just the work that you're putting out there but just kind of share more about you feel free to take your time because your story is amazing
1: okay no pressure
0: no pressure I'll help you if you get stuck
1: well, I feel like I have my hand in a lot of things. I, I'm always constantly doing things. Like I said, I started my blog about seven years ago when my son was just about six months with every intention of meeting friends. And I think that I've accomplished that pretty well now. I've, even just yesterday when a couple people came up to me, we were at Disneyland celebrating my son's birthday and someone came up to me and they were like, I'm one of your followers. And I always say like, you're one of my friends because yeah, yeah I just, I think of everybody online as a friend. Cause that's What I initially wanted to create was just a big friend group. And now it's turned into something where we can like support each other. I love when I post something, maybe I'm having like a bad day or I'm having that like mom guilt and I post it online and then I get comments that say like me too. I feel it too. And then like people start helping each other in the comments and it's a really beautiful thing. But I started Blogging about my recipes and that's kind of where my name Baby Boy Bakery came to be. It was just something that popped into my head. Dan used to sing this song to our son Ryan called Baby Boy and we would always call him Baby Boy. So that's kind of where it is. And even to this day, people are like, do you have a bakery? And I'm like, no, I don't have a bakery. (laughs) That was really never the intention. I like cooked recipes. I used like organic ingredients and I made Ryan's baby food homemade. And so I just kind of shared my journey with that. And like I said, I hit the pavement hard as a first time parent. And I felt alone a lot of the time because none of my friends were going through the same thing as me. So I was just sharing all my mishaps and things that I was going through online and just kind of reading other people's mommy stories too. And I didn't even have an Instagram back in the day. I started my Instagram when my son was like one, maybe one and a half. And then when Instagram kind of came into play, I just, I literally shared every day. I think when I became a mom, I didn't really know what was what was right or what diapers to use or whatever it is, what's like the cool thing to do. I just knew that I needed to make this life really exciting for my child. And like, I thought in my head, I was like raising a baby boy, like it needs to be like a life full of adventure and like wild things. I mean, like cut to me having a daughter now, it's like totally the same thing, but (laughs) I just, I knew that I just wanted to make every day an adventure. And so that's kind of how my blog And I literally shared every day of our life and it became a lot easier to do so on Instagram. So like we would upload, you know, what he was wearing to preschool that day or what I was making for his lunch and like stuff like that. And that's just how it started. And it just kind of rolled into like this beautiful thing. And like I said, I was sharing my life and life happens and things happen. And yeah, I mean... My son passed away when he was three and a half years old and we had created this blog. We were doing it for three years and and I took a break for like two weeks and I just made a decision of like, I could either just shut down my blog and keep it and just like have it be done or mm-hmm. I continue my space and dedicate it to my life with my child and just kind of share, keep sharing our life, keep sharing what we're doing and keep sharing Just keep sharing because that's really all I knew how to do. And yeah, I was like, I could roll over and just let this consume me or I could choose to get up and and choose to be happy and choose to share because, you know, and then at the time, I didn't really know what. I was doing. I was just talking. I was talking about right. <laughs> how terrible I felt and how I felt like this was so unfair and how angry I was and how emotions are just like waves and they keep crashing into me and I felt like I was drowning. And I I didn't realize that it was helping other people because maybe they didn't go through a child loss. Maybe they did, you know, they're going through something else that's equally tragic or terrible or something hard. And I think it's it's nice to see someone go through something like that, but still come out alive and still come out breathing and still see that happiness can be had. I think one Great. of the things that I will always remember is like a day or so after everything happened, I turned to my cousin and I was like, do you think I'll be funny again? Because mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as... <laughs> You're
0: hilarious, Jackie. <laughs>
1: come on. And so I was like... So I asked her, I was like, do you think I'll be funny again? Do you think that we'll ever, like, laugh again, like, the way we used to? And she told me she was like, yes, but it will be different. Mm-hmm. And so I have just, like, kind of took that and rolled with it. And, like, yeah, I'm laughing, and I'm having a good time. And now with my daughter, I'm having a great time, but it's definitely different. So,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I remember... And I think that it's a testament to who you are and the fact that you have just created this community and not just a blog. Like, you can never just say, like, I have a blog because you have fostered a community. And I remember... I mean, all of these mutual friends that we have in common posting about Ryan and talking about his spirit and how amazing he was and how hilarious he was. And it was just this evidence of one that like what you're sharing out into the world can make a difference. But then I also think, you know, walking through that grief, like you said, like everyone has their own mountains and nobody's mountain looks the same. But when you can see that. People are climbing every day and some days they just have to stop climbing, you know, like some days we got to sit around and just sit with it. I think that it's so incredibly inspiring. When everything was going on, did you feel called to share right away? Did you feel like you just needed to sign off? Like, what were those immediate emotions? No,
1: I definitely stopped for a few weeks. I think it was maybe like two weeks. But then I think my first post back was just like a blank white post. And it said thank you on it just because I Mm -hmm. was like my mom and my cousin's. Basically, my whole family moved into my cousin's house and we just like stayed there for two months, all of us together. And my mom and everybody was on their phones and they were like, look at this, like, look at these t-shirts and look at these people. And I mean, I was so overwhelming and it was, yeah. I mean, like there are no words. And now I see it today, like, you know, if, if anything happens in our community online, I mean, just people rally and support for somebody. Mm-hmm. and It's just such a beautiful thing. I will always feel forever grateful for them and indebted to them. I mean, like I was literally just sitting on my couch and I think it definitely motivated me to keep sharing. I never really felt like I, I've never felt like I've had to, i I felt mm-hmm. like I wanted to. And I made the decision to keep my space and dedicate it to now both my kids and my family and it's something that you know we get to do together and I mean I I do remember feeling angry <laughs> like the first couple times people would say like your story has helped me I remember feeling angry about that because I was mm-hmm. like here I am like sharing my my deepest thoughts and I'm like oh I'm so I'm so happy that you know my Anguish is
0: helping you.
1: Exactly. But, you know, I believe in God and I believe in heaven and I believe in all that good stuff. And I remember my dad telling me, you know, this is why. This is why. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's never, I mean, it never makes sense. This will never make sense to me. And I feel like I'm, like, even yesterday when we were celebrating his birthday, I felt like it was so unfair that
0: Mm -hmm. he wasn't
1: there. But, you know, I feel, sometimes I feel like, so thankful and grateful that God found me to be strong enough to handle this life. And, and then that makes me feel like a badass. And then I'm like, okay, "You I can are a badass. This. I, can, it's I, can true. And I can keep sharing and I can can help people. And that's, you
0: know, it's a beautiful thing. It's just not easy. Like it's not easy at all.
1: It's not easy. And I, yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but and I think this is something that I've been struggling with as of late because, you know, the day to day here with Mila, I mean, she's so happy. I mean, she is so happy. She is. <laughs> she is. We post online and we post to Instagram. You know, we do what everybody else seems to be doing, you know, posting on Instagram. And I think a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, she's happy now. Like, mm-hmm. move on. I felt, I texted my friend the other day and I was like, I feel like. People, like when you see a car crash on the side of the road, and everybody slows down to look at it, and then once it kind of clears up and everything seems to be okay, the traffic starts moving up again and speeding past Mm -hmm. it, I feel like that's kind of happened to me, so I feel like people are... Yeah, it's a weird feeling, but I'm just, you know, I'm just, I feel like people think that like, oh, she's fixed or something like that. Yep. Um, no,
0: I think that's fair. We, you and I talked about this and I think that it's people and it's hard on brands that have walked through Things like this and openly shared about them. I know our mutual friend Ashley Lemieux, who is on the podcast, yes. she's going through all the hard stuff with losing her kids. And it's so interesting because you and I, we could put up a post and we can tell you before we even post it how what kind of comments we're going to get, if it's going to do well or not do well. And we know that people like to see the brokenness. And I think that it's this blessing and curse because we're sharing it in a way that allows people to know that they're not alone. But when we're sharing the wholeness or the completeness in other aspects of our lives, people, like you said, they just keep moving on and move past it because they're like, it's done. Like the car accident is done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is fair. I mean, I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't know. But it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. So, hard. how has your yeah. business transitioned throughout this entire process, throughout your story, through Mila, through Dan? I wow. mean, through everything that you guys have walked through?
1: I, I mean, it's basically, I mean, that's a loaded question. I, <laughs> I mean, when Ryan was, I remember, I mean, like making money off blogging and that kind of thing, it was never something that I thought about initially when I started my blog. And I remember getting a, like an email, just a regular email from like a company asking for like a partnership and like a brand partnership where they would send us stuff and we would post about it. And it was kind of like this, like, like this new world. And I took two years off of work when I had Ryan. And so I said, yes, and I ended up being so fun. And and it was, it was a lot of fun. And so ever since then we would take like those little kind of, I guess you would say jobs, you know, you would just, you would just take them and it was fun. It was being creative, which I love to do. And it was like receiving product that we would love no matter what we would use in our house, no matter what. And it was creating content. So it was like, you know, like, you know, I mean, Ryan was in the photos, I was in the photos or it was like a flat lay of, of the product. And it was like fun to just kind of get tangible things and, and create images to post. And that would make sense in our little nook of the internet. And that started way back when we've always been doing it. And so now and now it's like become this like monumental thing and everybody's everybody's doing it now and yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I just I never want to like push product or anything on my followers. I never want to do that. I just
0: I don't know. I think that the whole like influencer world is yeah. A really challenging one to navigate. And I actually just recorded an episode about what it's like and like how many pitches we get and how to decipher like what is a good fit and what's going to do well for my brand and another brand. And I think one of the hardest things is that sometimes we feel apologetic about it. But the truth is, is that like how many hours and how many shoots and how many posts have we done to get to this point? You know, a lot. And I guess my a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I guess my point is is that we've been doing it for quite some time, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people might not know about how we started, just Ryan and I, and now they see Mila and I, and so sometimes we get comments of people... You know, negative things about us. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that we have been doing it for so long and it's something that we really, really enjoy. And we never work with anybody that we wouldn't already have in our home to begin with or that I wouldn't want to actually genuinely share with my community and with my friends. I always try to choose things that are fun and that just kind of keep that are fun to look at and that are fun, that are fun to use. I mean, it's also been something that has been weighing on me too because mm-hmm. the whole hater thing, it hasn't been that relevant until just I don't know, I think when Mila was born, it just kind of like wafted in
0: and like I think people like to just draw assumptions and I think the hardest part is is that a lot of times people jump into our story in the middle of it and yeah. you know they never take the time to like go back and I feel like there's always this perception of quote overnight success or you know like oh all of a sudden she's getting all this attention so now she's just a sellout, quote unquote. And I feel like we are constantly dealing with all of these mm-hmm. negative lies in our head, whether or not people are even saying them, it's thoughts that are running through our brains. Yeah. And so like, what are the kinds of things that you choose when it comes to picking partners? You know, you said you only promote them if you use them in your real life, but what are other like stipulations or things that you say if somebody wants to partner with you?
1: Is it fun? Is it fun Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense? Is it something mm-hmm. that I want to share with my friends i mean i know that tomorrow is like never guaranteed and i just i think dan and i just kind of live by the seat of our pants and you fly
0: by the seat of your pants
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) with it and yeah i mean if it if it's fun to do and and if it makes sense and then we do it and it's fun and, and we try to create content for everyone to make everyone happy
0: i guess I think it's awesome. And it's funny too, because I was just looking at different things. And whenever I see people doing sponsored posts, I make sure to engage with it because I know that that brand went out on a limb to do something like that. And it's so funny because the people that get so upset about it, it's like if you clicked over to their feed and you saw them wearing a really cute outfit and you asked them like if that brand offered to pay you $500 or $1,000 for a post that you're already going to put up. would you say yes right and I don't know a single person that would say no to that I mean if you did you're kind of crazy in my opinion but I think that a lot of the hard stuff comes from us having to decipher like is this a natural fit am I gonna feel good about sharing it and I think a lot of times we get in our own way and we become too apologetic where it's like hey like I've spent You know, you've spent seven years building what you've built. Yeah. I think it is totally fair to cash in on that in a really mindful way. Like, (laughs) that's why you have a following is because people trust you, you know? I hope so. I hope so. I trust uh, you. I trust all the things you post about. I'm like, yep, bought, oh, purchased. Yeah. Let me just go check that out right now. <laughs>
1: I would never. I could never just like outwardly say that and be like, yeah. I. I don't know. I. I hope so. I post what I what I like to post and let it be. And I just I love to engage. I love I love that you said engaged on sponsored posts because I never like you said. I think a lot of people just kind of gravitate more to the raw and broken, like showing that you're broken kind
0: Mm -hmm. of
1: But yeah, I just try to engage with everybody. And I don't know, I just, my main focus, I guess, is to just be happy because I have to be happy and I want other people to be happy.
0: So how do you handle criticism? Cuz let's be honest, it's something that none of us really talk about. And what I think is so interesting about today is the push is like everyone wants more followers, but I don't I always joke. I'm like more followers, more problems, more opinions. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times people turn their eyes from that. They don't acknowledge that that's a real thing. So kind of give some examples or like talk about things that, and how you kind of process through them when you do have negativity.
1: Well, I usually just kind of, I mean, I read the comment. I read all the comments that come through. And if it's negative about my kids, then I immediately delete it and I just block them because I don't need that kind of energy. If it's just I got a comment about if I ever did housework because it seems like I'm always at Disneyland or I'm always, someone was asking if I ever really did anything real around my house. So (laughs) I, you know, I just let those comments be, I mean, I can't, like expel any energy on those because it will literally it will ruin my whole day. Someone commented about Mila's ears being pierced and said that she would be a lot more beautiful if I didn't bedazzle her. I mean, it's just little things like that that people just like feel the need to say, and it's totally fine. I mean, like
0: I would never go on. It's, it's not totally fine, fine though.
1: I I mean, like there's really nothing I can do about it. I just yeah, and move on. And I can't let that kind of stuff like bother me. I can't because I, it just doesn't, I mean,
0: I I just can't. So I just believe it. I just think it's crazy. I think that it is so crazy how the internet gives people this like ability to say things that they would never say to somebody's face, which I mean, I pray they wouldn't say these things, but I also think that like people don't realize that like a lot of People that have giant accounts, we're still the ones managing it. Like, we're the ones posting. We're the ones, like, reading the comments. We're the ones seeing the direct messages. And so I just always think it's so crazy.
1: Yeah. But anytime that happened, I mean, the very far and few between and... Mm -hmm. Every time that does happen, I just have to like really look at all the good because the good fully outweighs the bad. And there are so many incredible people that I'm friends with online that are just amazing. And they are, they're just so great. So I just people say what they need to say and then I just kind of move on. And I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I, just as a disclaimer, we got Mila's ears pierced when she was four months old, and she looks really cute. So,
0: uh, She's like the cutest little nugget ever. Okay, so let's talk about Dan for a minute, because you and I can totally relate on our husbands having like six-packs and being these big worker udders. But kind of talk about his transition, because now he owns his own business, you own your own business. What has that been like as a wife? It's been
1: kind of crazy. It's been, I mean, like every day is scary. I, just because, you know, you just definitely take a leap of faith on, on what you want to do. So yeah, he started his own personal training business and it's, it's been going great. And it's, I mean, everything's a learning curve. So we're just kind of learning Mm -hmm. how to do it and how to work it. And I just, I think we both just kind of thought if it's not now, then we're never going to know what would be if we didn't try something on our own. And so we have in the back of our heads, you know, like if this doesn't work out, like obviously we'll move to something else, you know, like as many creatives do. And I think that's what's so awesome is like is you get to try new things. And if it doesn't work out, you can move on to the next and and not have any regrets. And also it's been really nice because after we had Mila, we've been able to be home with her and it's just been really great. And so he has his clients and he works out for a living. So that's great for him.
0: (laughs) Right? Good for him. I know Drew yesterday was at the gym for like two and a half hours and I was like texting him. I'm like, babe, babe, are you coming home? Like Babe, (laughs) like, must be nice as I'm like sloughing it on the couch drinking coffee, (laughs) like trying to get
1: work done. I know it's weird because, like, their work is so I mean, some of Dan's work is online, but like the majority of it is him going to meet up with his clients at the gym and working out, and then he is with clients all morning, and then he takes the afternoon to work out himself, so it's like that's their working out, and then We've gotten to a few little tips, though, because, like, he'll come home and he'll be worked out and everything, and, like, he'll be tired, of course, and then, like, you know, (laughs) I work in the mornings, and then I have Mila during the day, and so... It's been hard to try to find time. I've talked about it on my blog and I've actually talked about it on another podcast, but I like that whole first year after Mila was born, we definitely had to like relearn each other
0: again. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, even though she was our second child, it still threw us for a loop and so come the end of last year it was a really dark time and we were just trying to like figure life out and we got into this really nasty rut of just kind of like high-fiving each other in between like us going off to work and then I would go like sit in a coffee shop and work or whatever and I'm just so we've finally gotten into a nice little groove where I get my time to work out and he gets his time to work out and then we also get time to like work and family time but it's it's hard it's
0: I think it's so hard and I think too with two, like two entrepreneurs in one household, there is so much ability to kind of create your own schedule, which is such a beautiful thing. But I also think that it's so easy to work all day and all night. Like yeah. it's hard to shut it off. So what kind of things like, what do you guys do to make sure you can like shut it off and be together now? Cause we're still struggling with that. I can totally admit that. Um,
1: so in the morning time, Mila sleeps Oh, she'll get up like around she's a champ she is a champ <laughs> she's actually up right now and dan is in the other room with her but she wakes up around 8 39 and so i wake up early and so i either go for a run in the morning before dan has his clients or i'll do emails and and catch up on things and then when she's up and awake i don't do anything Sometimes she naps. She's never been a really good napper, but if she does, I'll sneak away and do some things. But then Dan gets home at 3, and then that's usually when I go and finish up anything I have to finish up from like 3 to 5. And then we always have dinner together. And then the rest of the night is ours. If I ever have stuff to do at night, I'll do it before we sit down and watch our trashy TV shows. But I like to just kind of close down shop. One thing I am guilty of is I like to respond to all my Instagram comments because, like I said, they're like my friends and I love to... I love to have that kind of conversation with them. You seriously respond to every comment? I try. I try. Like... Jackie! (laughs) I try is the key word. That's amazing. So sometimes I'll do that
0: on the couch, but... How long does that take you every day? Oh, I don't know. I mean, seriously. That's insane. I am awful at that because I get so overwhelmed. I do get overwhelmed. I think...
1: Well, sometimes they have questions or sometimes they say really nice things. Sometimes they share like a little story about themselves in regards to what I've posted. I try to respond to the ones where like about like mommy guilt has been something that has been really a struggle for me. And so I like to respond to those and just kind of keeping that conversation. And then when people stop me and say hi to me. I'm always, I'm so thankful for that because I love mm-hmm. the, their faces. And then I, I try to tell them to like tag me in something or say like, Hey, I just met you here so we can keep in touch. Because I, I just really adore them. And I really do love
0: them. That's amazing. So, okay. I'm dying to know, cause I don't have kids yet, but When you, like, blog and stuff and do all this mommy stuff, do you feel a lot of pressure? Sometimes. Having everything put together. Because I feel like I, like, don't know anything about anything. And, like, when I have a child, I'm probably going to do a lot of things wrong. Because, like, who actually knows what to do, you know? Nobody knows anything. (laughs) Everybody is doing. Figuring it out. We're all just trying to figure it
1: out. I will say that people post things that like make it look like they've got it all together but we just have to remember that those are just photos in time I mean they're definitely real because they took (laughs) them we took the photos and you know their kid is smiling Mila's smiling and I mean they're real moments but not all the moments look like that you know we still have meltdowns Mm -hmm. we still have drama we still have all that kind of stuff and I think it's important to remember that nobody has it all together so when I post about mommy stuff or me and Mila I just have to remember not to compare myself to anybody and also I hope that when people look at us they just you know they see it and they don't judge it or they don't say like this is fake or whatever you know because it's Mm -hmm. real and my whole thing is like I feel alone a lot of the time because you know I think motherhood there's so many of us we're all like You know, there's so many moms out there and a lot of my friends online are moms, but even though there's so many of us, I think that we tend to feel alone a lot of the times, or we feel like we can never sneak away and have time for ourselves. Or we feel like it's the middle of the afternoon and our kids been crying all day and we just are at our wits end. Like, you know, I, you know, I try to share as many moments as I can, or like when Mila colored all over my walls, like. (laughs) <laughs> I try to share those kinds of things but sometimes it's just more fun to share like a nicer picture and then in the caption i just kind of tell them you know what's up or what it is just because it's nicer to look at than a screaming uh-huh. or, or me back uh-huh. you know like i do
0: vacuum. i'm with you Well, and I feel like people go on social media to escape in a sense. And so it's like we like I'm sitting in my room right now with my dog sleeping next to me because this is the only place they'll be quiet. Mm -hmm. And we have like a fan with Drew's sweaty workout shorts blowing. Like, you know, we can say all these things. Nobody wants to see this. And so I think that especially people like us who we do curate things in a sense, we know the behind the scenes, but I think a lot of times when we're scrolling through and seeing all the pretty and seeing all the perfect our brain does this amazing job at tricking us into like forgetting about the mess you know
1: yeah it's so easy to compare and again this is something that i'm 100 percent working on because i used to just write when i woke up scroll Instagram and it was killing me. It was killing me Mm -hmm. because I was starting the day feeling less than and already defeated at like 6.30 in the morning. So (laughs) I don't check Instagram the first thing in the morning anymore and I don't scroll through it at night anymore. I keep my daughter's like toddler journal. I keep it on my nightstand and I write in it right before bed. So I don't sit there and compare myself because it's it's deadly. It's Mm -hmm. I mean, I do it. I do it
0: well and I think too when I started seeing a doctor for our fertility stuff she was like you need to like get your stress down and I'm like I honestly don't feel like that stressed of a person but I started to realize yeah and I started to realize like like you said like when you're waking up with your phone by your nightstand and you check your email your Facebook your Instagram like all these things before you even roll out of bed or kiss the person you're next to like you are putting other people in control of your day right there you no. Fury. Yes, <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. So, okay. One other thing I want to know about you and Dan, because we're like twinning with our relationships. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you guys, I mean, grief, I think can pull couples apart or it can like bring couples together. Can you talk about that at all a little bit? Yeah. We immediately
1: just made the conscious decision to, use each other as a support system. Nobody else on this planet knows what I'm dealing with except for Dan. And I think mm-hmm. also, I mean, like nobody really knows because I was Ryan's mom and he was Ryan's dad. So we're definitely dealing with different griefs even though it's like the same loss, but we yep. made the decision to be together and it's a fight, it's a choice and and it's worth it. You know, it's worth mm-hmm. it and guys grieve so differently
0: way differently
1: and he's very reserved and quiet so it's just it's a give and take I wrote about it on my blog and I think I can remember if I can how lame if I could quote myself correctly <laughs> I said a lot of things on there but one of the things that I said that I was like yes That is what it is, is that it's about a compromise. So at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. the goal is like definitely not to be happy. You know, the goal is not like to get what you want. The goal is to land on a compromise. So you might have a loss or he might have a loss, but it's being happy with the compromise. So there's a lot of things that I have to compromise on, and there's a lot of things that he has to, but at the end of the day, we, I mean, we're stronger together, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like guys, it was interesting when we had our second miscarriage, it was interesting because we had already walked the road once and it was kind of like I had buried all of those feelings, like and never fully dealt Uh with them. And so then when we had the Uh second loss, it was like Drew and I would be laying in bed and like all of a sudden it would hit me. And for him, it was like easier to just disconnect from it and like compartmentalize it. And I was like, this is a part of like every day of every breath that I'm taking. And, you know, when you're, when you're deep in that, it's like hard to even like see light anywhere. And so it, I just can't imagine, you know, like going through something like that with your spouse and trying to, come together while you're both individually going through it you know like it's just chaotic I can't I can't even imagine it's definitely
1: hard but again we choose to be happy we lost Mm -hmm. a three and a half year old and if you know three-year-olds they are happy they are wild and they don't they're, whenever they're sad, it's because they've either have a boo-boo or you took a toy. <laughs> so in my uh, mind, in Dan's mind, I feel like he's watching us and mm-hmm. we have to be happy for him and we have to show mm-hmm. him that you left us and that's okay because look at what mm-hmm. we're doing and look at the families we're bringing together and look at your little sister and look at us because we are doing you justice and i think you know i never think about i never think about the actual day of losing ryan i mean i think about the morning because we went to disneyland that morning but i never really think about how it happened or that whole thing because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what matters is that he was here and now he's in heaven but he's still with us and he's still watching us and that's why i talk about him all the time because my child and we are still here a family of four we just look a little different and that's why we you know and so we have to choose to be happy and it's not easy but some days are a lot easier than others and some are really hard but we have to keep on choosing especially now because with Mila you know we never want to make her see us look sad or whatnot even though there are some where we'll be watching a Disney movie or or something and I get a little quiet or I do cry a little bit but I don't know I just feel like maybe that's just something that she will have to grow up understanding because we're, she's starting to talk now and she's starting to understand who people are and so she definitely knows who her big brother is and so we're definitely going to teach her about him and, and keep him alive in our family that way so yeah when I get sad she'll just have to know that Mm-hmm. About Big Brother, maybe. I don't know. I I'm still trying to work that out. Again, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah.
0: But... <laughs> You're gonna know when the time is right, and I feel like Mila is going to be such a compassionate girl and like have such uh not an old soul, but like in the sense of like understanding grief in a totally different way, which I think is going to be invaluable in her life. Like it's not anything you would have chosen. No. But I think that, you know, growing up knowing that, like, you have this one precious life and, you know, growing up knowing these things, I think it's going to make her an even more compassionate young girl. Yeah. And she's just goofy. I think she's, like, the goofiest, like, little bubbly kid ever.
1: (laughs) I guess, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it about, like, sharing things on Instagram and, like, when we were chatting about those paid partnerships and, like, blogging and... Hearing about grief. I think what it just comes down to is that we just want to show that we are happy and it's possible to be happy after Mm -hmm. you've gone through something. And it's just, you know, we just, we're doing the best that we can. We don't really have a full grasp of what we're doing. We're just going. But we're just going with the flow because that's all that we really can do. And you can't control what happens to you or what you're going to go through, but you can control how you react to it. And that is what we are consciously thinking about is how we're reacting to our feelings. And before anybody says you have to let yourself feel anger and sadness, we definitely do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important to talk about how to choose being happy because if anything, I think that's where the struggle is, is, is people are wondering how to choose to be happy or, or why am I going to be happy when this and this and this is happening to us? And mm-hmm. I just want to hopefully be a light for people to know that you don't have to feel happy right now, but to try to be happy, it's worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think, too, one of the scariest things about the Internet, especially when it comes to grief, is that people want to impose their thoughts on how you should be grieving or how you should be processing or how you should be feeling. And I think if we've learned anything about grief, it's that everyone has a different journey with it. And everyone handles things differently or processes things differently. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, people are going to judge no matter what. And people are going to think that we should be grieving some some type away, but it is what it is I,
0: can, yes. mm-hmm. I love you for that I love you oh my gosh when are we gonna go on a girl's trip I've been trying I want to go to your house morning. I know <laughs> I know. Oh, duh. I, well, that's going to happen. You guys, Jackie is just like, I don't know. I mean, you're going to be obsessed with her. You probably already are after listening to her. But where can everybody find you online so that they can pop in and say hi? And now that they know that you'll probably respond to their comments, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get a slew of them. <laughs> no promises. I'm nice. <laughs> Baby
1: Boy Bakery. That's me. I'm Baby Boy Bakery on Instagram at Baby Boy Bakery, BabyBoyBakery.com. That's me. Yeah. I blog and I share Every last detail of our life on Instagram. And now with Insta Stories, it's just this like whole new realm of
0: fun it was fun talk really quick before we sign off about your amazing resources that you're making for moms that want to get more in the kitchen with their kiddos yeah,
1: I yeah I, I should have talked about that sooner but it's not too late it was, it was a decision that Dan and I had made about two years ago I we like going back to when I said trying to make every day with my kids an adventure I definitely the only thing I really knew how to do was cook and you can only go to the park so much many times so I tried to make cooking in the kitchen exciting for me and Ryan and so we ended up doing a lot of recipes in the kitchen and I would kind of come up with like little jobs for him and he would help stir and mix and you know how kids just love to be involved and they get excited and I also found that having him more involved in the kitchen would help him eat a lot better when it comes to dinner Mm -hmm. time and such so Towards the end of Ryan's life, we were making smoothies in the kitchen. We were doing, like, little jello jigglers. We were making popsicles, and we were sharing it all on the blog. And so now I create these cooking kits for kids, kind of in memory of my son, but also just... Now, like with Mila in the kitchen, I'm just like, this is for my kids, but also for families out there. And it's all about kind of bringing families together in the kitchen and creating traditions and building that kitchen confidence in your kids, because learning how to cook is something I think that's super valuable for, for little ones. And so, yeah, it's a subscription based and every month you get a new recipe and the child gets new kitchen tools that enhance the recipe and there's activities in there. Um, and it's just, it's so much fun. And I, I, I love seeing every month all the families that come together in the kitchen. A lot of comments that I get and emails are from parents that might not have been in the kitchen or don't consider themselves good cooks, but they're in the kitchen with their kids having the best time. I love seeing when they, last month we were making cake, like cake-ups that look like pencils, and seeing the kids make their own versions of them was hilarious and so freaking out. (laughs) And what fuels me for that is... Yes, I, I'm doing it in honor of my son and, and for my kids, but now it's, like, transcended into this beautiful thing where parents say thank you for helping us get into the kitchen and making memories. And so now I'm, like, this is so amazing that I get to have fun and create these really fun recipes and, and source these kitchen tools for these little kiddos and basically inspiration and in families all across and a portion of my proceeds goes to a different charity every month, a different children based charity. So I'm a big believer in the good for my children, but as a mother I believe in the greater good for all kids. So you know, we've we've helped out with so many great charity organizations which I post about on my blog and so yeah, we're just it's all for a great cause.
0: It's awesome. I think, like, some of my favorite memories growing up were in the kitchen with my mom, yeah. like, trying to make cookies or, like, you know, things like that, and I don't think she would consider herself, like, a brilliant cook, but I think that, like, you know, kids are want to be hands-on, and what a better place than to do it when... You're preparing a meal for them. I think it's so it fun. So
1: fun. So fun. So yeah. I just want a cake pop I know. now. <laughs> I know. Well, it's nine o'clock here. I want cake. I want cake all the time, though. <laughs> but yeah, every. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I always feel nostalgic at the end of these kinds of interviews and such, just because if people are listening that follow me on Instagram, I'm just like, I just. I want to be friends with everybody and I want to just make sure that people know that I just want to make sure that people know that I appreciate them and that I, I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for their support. But I'm also just so excited that we've kind of come into contact and that we've created this really cool online. I think my little space is unique and the people that follow me are unique and I'm just grateful and I can't say that enough. And then when I keep repeating it, I'm like, I hope I sound genuine, but I, I genuinely love everyone that follows me and I, and I love you. Thank you for having me.
0: I can vouch for you, girl. Like you are one of the most heartfelt humans ever and I think that it is really cool because A lot of times I feel like ego for a lot of people as their followings grow can become a thing. And I think that you have just stayed Jackie throughout it all and stayed raw and authentic. And you shared the joy and you've shared the bad and you've really created and fostered a true community through every facet of your life. And I think that that is pretty darn special. Just like you. I love you. Thank you so much for being on. Everyone go check out my girl at Baby Boy Bakery and just give her some encouragement today because we are all about that life over here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.